Hi, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bracia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners. And we're just following our dreams, you know, working to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right. And we're also moms. Welcome to the Supermama Sisterhood. Hello. Hello. Hi, Supermamas. How are you doing? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Supermamas podcast. Your favorite podcast with your favorite host, Paulina and Brisa Lopez. Hello, that's us. Can you believe we only have like a month and a half left in this year? I'm a, I'm actually a, like low-key excited because I want to leave this year behind. I was not fond of 2023. <laughs> I, uh, I saw this meme that I... That I um, that I shared uh-huh. yesterday, and it says me trying to survive the rest of 2023, and this baby just. Oh, like, so the baby was just like going down the like <laughs> the slide. The, the slide, yeah, I've seen <laughs> That's that. That's me. 2023, oh, yeah. you know, my 2023 has been. I mean, so many amazing things, great things, great blessings. Thank you, Lord. But at the same time, it's like I think the whole world is vibing in a very low energy. <laughs> Or high energy. I don't know. People are crazy everywhere. I mean, it's just been, I don't know. It's been quite an interesting year. Lots of, lots of shifting, lots of changes. Excited for 2024. 2024 will be the year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were talking about, I think just, we haven't done a vision. I haven't done a vision board in quite some time. So I think like at the end of this year, I'm definitely going to do a different vision board. We haven't done a vision board in a couple of years. We used to do it together all the time, which I think like we need to bring it back. You're right. I haven't done a vision board in a long time. I mean, I did write some manifestations for the year for 2023 and I did do that. And I was actually reading it this morning, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Well, I just woke up today and it's just one of those mornings where you just wake up with just not the vibe. Like you're not excited to get out of bed. 2023. <laughs> so I just got in my, just started writing and then I started looking. I can't find, I'm like, there's this word that I want to find in my head and I can't find the word. It's not determined. It's not focused. It's in the Bible. I know it's in the book of James. Persist, it's not persistence. It's something else. It's like a different word that I, I've written this word many times and I just can't, I couldn't remember it for the life of, I still can't remember this dang word. And it was just driving me crazy. So I was just like going through my old journals, trying to find if I'd written something about it and I just couldn't find it. I don't know. I'm weird. So I was just reading all the, like the manifestations that I wrote for 2023. And I was like, huh, some of them were just very real. And then some of them were just kind of like, oh, wow, it's pretty wild. It's pretty, pretty wild. And I mean, I really enjoy just reading old stuff that I've written and just, huh. I haven't really written this year. I think that's why also it's like, it's been kind of weird just trying to figure out what I want for, for this coming year. There's a few things, a few things that I, that people have spoken over me and things that I want to work on that are getting me excited for next year. Uh huh. Tell me. The whole situation with the earrings. So many people have told me recently, so many, so I, I, I think like 2024 will be the year. Earrings? I don't know about these earrings. Yeah. So I love earrings. You know, I love earrings and I have a huge collection of earrings that I love. Yes. And every time I talk to someone, they're like, when are you going to come out with your own curated earring line? Oh, I've never heard about this. What? 
Yeah. No. So many people have told me about the this. first time you talk about earrings. Yeah, exactly. Me. It's because it's just like, I think that I love, you know, I just, for me, I love my earrings. And somebody, somebody said the other day, it's you and then your earrings. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was my thing. So people are like, I'm just waiting for you to tell me where to get this. And I think this is, this will be the year. This year I started, I went, I made connections in Oaxaca because of course I want to do it in connection with people and women in Oaxaca. Mm -hmm. So I already know the women. I met them. They're my friends now. I think this is a year and I'm saying it so it'll happen. So it'll push me to do it, to actually do it and go for it because I don't have enough things to do and I have so much free time. Yeah. Because you have so much free time. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that in your free time? Why wouldn't I want to just do an earring collection in my free time? But I also think like it'll be a fun thing to do if I'm going to Oaxaca or other things might as well. Yeah. And I truly love it. Someone told me this once too. So one says, just because you love to do something doesn't mean you have to make a business out of it. Sometimes it's just like a fun thing you like to do. I love it. Like, I really do. I'm saying if you're going to do it, enjoy the process and just don't damper and then not like it because of like now it's become work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I think I've been holding off a little bit because I'm like, I really want to. But I enjoy it. I love it. And I think it's kind of I I, I think like I'm getting excited about it. You know, that's what I would say. I had not heard about this. Yeah, because I feel like if I put it out there, I'm going to be like, oh, shit, like I have to do it now, you know, but what you just said right now is true. It's just fun. And I would like to think about it. Yeah, just like have fun with it. It's the best thing. That's the best way to look at it. It's part of who I am. It really is. I think for me, whenever I don't feel I don't feel like dressed up or something, if I just put any of my favorite earrings, I'm like, oh, that's it. That's all I need. My earrings. And I love them. You do love your earrings. I do love my earrings a lot. I do love my earrings a lot. So, you know, that excites me. I'm just excited about, I think like I've made a lot of friends this year. I know we're getting to gearing to the last two months of the year and we're starting to talk about the end of the year. But I feel like this year I really come out of my shell more. I've been able to meet new people. I feel way more comfortable in other spaces. And it's been a a really, a huge growth year for me. Yeah, I can see that 100%. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I made it into Carlos Lopez's dinner, into the list. <laughs> Somebody said, texted me yesterday about it too. They're like, I saw you at the dinner. I was like, I know. <laughs> they called me just to talk about that. <laughs> but it's been a really good year. But also, I think it's been a personally, like work related, I think it's been amazing. Personal, I think it's been challenging. So the other day, I was at home with mom and dad and we were talking and then I, a song came out and I was dancing and that turns around and looks at me and he's like, how do you even dance with everything that is going on? And I was like, dad, because if not, me voy a volver loca y me voy a morir yeah. de tristeza. So I was just like, I have to make myself happy no matter how. Like I tr- I have to really try to make myself happy. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, I think hopefully next year it'll be a little bit more balanced out. Yeah. It's been amazing. You know, but we should totally, totally, totally put a date on our calendars and do a, a vision board. Maybe during mom's birthday celebration, we should all do a vision yeah, board. Yeah, and we should do it with the kids. Eduardo loves to do vision boards. When do you leave to Thailand? I'm not going to Thailand anymore during this year. We're going to do it next year. Ah, okay. I thought you were leaving. I know Elizabeth's going too. I'm trying to do a trip with Eduardo with my son and just me and him. I realized that when Agustina's three, Eduardo's eight. And 
a three-year-old girl, eight-year-old boy, it's a very little things that they can find in common where they're not, I just, how can I say this? They get along, but more often than not, she requires a lot more attention. You know, mm-hmm. she's a little more yeah. high maintenance right now. She's three. She needs to do this. She needs to do that. So I was thinking of going on a little trip, which is me and Eduardo, so he can feel seen and just heard and I'm with him. And then maybe do something just, I'm taking, I'm going to Oaxaca with Agustina next week. She's coming with me because she needs to go to the doctor. And I think it's going to be good. I'm going to spend just some time with her, but I think I need to do something with Eddie. That'd be fun. What does he like to do? What is, you know, what is he into? Take them to somewhere that has meaning for him. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. But what do we have on the show today, Paulina? Oh my gosh. We have the wonderful Agatha Achindu. She's been on the show before and she's just pure joy, pure light and yes. really came to your rescue because she's a mom of three teenage boys, right? She's an, actually, no, she's an empty nester now and is going through so many transformations in life and really brought so much knowledge and just knowledge on how to heal ourselves through food and how to become better people, how to be more mindful. And just, I think that's the spirit I'm trying to capture in the next few months. I just want joy and peace in my heart and in my soul. She's the person to look up to. Honestly, yo quiero ser como ella cuando crezca. I want to be like her when I grow up. She's so amazing. Ever since we've met her, she's pure joy. I love Agatha so much. You guys are going to really enjoy this episode. Tell us a little bit more about her, Brucia. So we have Agatha on the show. Agatha Chindushi is a wellness architect focused on helping her audience find a clear path toward what matters the most, which is a long and fulfilling life. She is a founder of Life Unprocessed, a boutique wellness coaching and consultancy. Agatha helps her clients uncover, unlearn, and unleash their unique optimal lifestyle design. She is also a cookbook author, a fellow cookbook author. Her newest book is called Bountiful Cooking. So I highly encourage you all get a copy. She is also a certified integrative nutrition health coach and yoga instructor and founded Yummy Spoonfuls, the first organic baby food line to be nationally distributed. She's amazing. Ooh. She's awesome. And here's our interview with Agatha Achindu. Welcome to the show, Agatha. How are you? So good to see you again. Oh my you bring so gosh. much joy. Thank you. So much. I'm already happy just seeing you. I know. Can I just say just how beautiful you are? Like you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. Oh. You're so beautiful. Thank you. You know, yesterday I had a quick meeting with a girl I just, I met yesterday and I saw her and I was like, you're so beautiful. I said, I think, I think like sometimes as women, we don't compliment each other as much as we should. But let me tell you, Agatha, you are beautiful. Thank so you. Beautiful. And so are you ladies. I'm so in awe of your story, your parents' story, how you're changing generations, the work that you're doing. The Airbnb girl, I follow. When you guys got into Costco, I was jumping so hard. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's just thank you so much. It's incredible the work that you do, the work that we all do as first generation. How many generations in in this country as immigrants? It's yeah. Honestly, I think over the years we get really inspired by other people, just like yourself. You know, it's just. I think the more that you get connected with other people that are doing and creating, then it's just an inspiration. It's an inspiration to keep going, to keep fighting. 
we're in this race that is life. And yep. I get inspiration from you. I lo- I love looking at your posts and like just seeing how happy you are and how happy you live your life. That honestly, to me, it's like an inspiration because sometimes we put value on life on other things like tangible things. But honestly, I think like the, the biggest value in life just to be happy, right? And content and at peace. And I love to see your content because that gives me that. It gives me peace and happiness. Thank you. And I love it. So how are you doing? This is another first time that you're here on the show. And if for some reason there's new listeners, new super mamas, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about Agatha? Where are you joining us from? Who are who do you live with? What are you up to recently? What are what's going on with your life? Oh my God, so many moving pieces. But I'm actually in LA because I'm here for part of my book tour. So I had an event yesterday, but I do live in Atlanta. And I think the first time I came to your show, how many times have I been to your show twice or once? I can't remember. I think twice. I think, yeah. Yeah. The first time I came to your show was with my first brand, Yummy Spoonfuls Organics for Kids. Yes. Today. Did you guys get a copy? I think I sent a copy of my new cookbook to you. Did you guys? Not yet. Oh, okay. I have not gotten it yet, but I'm looking forward to getting it. it. Yes. So I have have a whole new cookbook. I'm trying my best to change generations, to change my community, to change beyond my community. It's the same thing that I've been preaching, that food is more than energy. We don't have to follow diets. Mm -hmm. We can eat well. I am a mother of three boys. We are recently empty nesters. Our youngest <gasps> just went off to college. So I can't oh. wait to hear about all of this. <laughs> you know, I always feel like God works in perfect ways because we recorded an episode earlier and I was like, oh man, like I just think like I need to get more educated on what it's like raising teenagers. I'm barely going into the stage. My daughter turned 12 and it's already proving to be like really tough. And now you're like... <laughs> An empty nester of three boys. I have three girls. You have three boys. What is it like to be now in a house, just you and your husband? Oh, my goodness. It is blissful. There is a a part of me that misses, especially my son, the youngest. And there is just a part of me that's so grateful that after, because as Africans, I honestly can remember, even when my kids were in home, I can remember the first time that it was just, me and my husband, and we've been married for 21 years because we all, there is always somebody. That's just our culture, auntie, cousin, a friend. Right. There is always somebody. But this is the first time that is just the two of us. And it feels so good. I get up, I miss my son, but I just love being us. Like we are rediscovering what it is to just love us have conversations that's just us and not have anything to do with the kid oh my god that's so lovely is it like a whole new relationship falling in love again is it good and also like how was it teenage years i only have one boy so what point should i start doing laundry every day (laughs) so the one thing i mean with boys funny enough with our youngest i thought i was having a girl because i really wanted a girl And I think God just knew that I didn't have the capacity to deal with girls, just looking back and seeing the emotions that comes with it. Truly, with my boys, 
we have been really blessed. God has been faithful. And I have also just been very intentional. Like when they turned 14, during the summer break, there was one day that you make meals, you make dinner for the whole house. So by the time they go off to college, they can really take care of themselves. And that's really great. They cook. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. My boys from, I want to say nine and a half or 10, I really start making them. When you get out of bed, the first thing you do, you straighten your, your bed. Granted that they never would do a good job. I mean, even till today at age, yeah. whatever age. But the fact that they are learning these skills, I would go back and I would do this stuff but they will learn to make their beds and do their laundry. Just doing the laundry wasn't the big part for me. They all could put clothes in the washer. was really getting them to take the things out of the wash, the dryer, and fold and iron them. You made them iron it too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Just one day. I get that. I am uh, 42. I don't even iron my own clothes. (laughs) That's good, yeah. But that's the good part because the things that we think for ourselves that we could have done better, I want to help my kids not make the same mistakes. And you know what? Actually, like now that you say that, out of my husband and I, he's the one that knows how to iron because his mom used to teach him. And he irons the old school way. Like he grabs fabric and he puts it on top and he does all of this. And I'm like, can we just put it on the washer, like on the dryer for like 10 seconds and it'll come out? And I'm just like, I'm fine with that. That's how I <laughs> learned how to iron. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I'm going to say that there is moms out there that are really, really grateful that you raise your sons that way because they're going to become amazing partners yes. of someone. And that's what we need to do there. I saw, an, I saw an, an account the other day of a mom that was teaching my son how to be patient while I'll do my makeup. So then when he's married, he's not thinking, well, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Teaching my son how to put the seat down. So when he marries, his wife doesn't have to fall in the toilet in the middle of the night. And I was like, that's so true. Those are things that they need to be learning since they're little. Because at the end, on the other part, I have three girls. And I would love for their partners to be able to have all those skills. And I see you teaching your daughters all the kitchen skills. I I watch you guys cook. I am. So important. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I am teaching my kids the the kitchen skills for sure. But I can't forget about the other skills, like the ones that you're, you're talking about. Those are very important skills. Can I ask you, what do you think was the toughest time? What age range was the toughest for you? Because I know at some point things get really bad and then things start coming down as they go to college, as they're thinking about their future. But what do you think was like the hardest? And how did you and your husband put out United Front? Because I think it's so important to like be united and whatever the way that you're going to raise your children. I think it changes. There are different buckets. I think I will start with... What was the easiest, easiest with raising my boys? And I did raise two of them. The first one, by the time I came, he was already gone. So we have, my husband has an older, older son. He's 35 and he lives in Paris. And then we have two boys here. Between six to nine, for me, was like the best for each of them, which they are, they are seven years apart. But for each one, that season, because that's that age group where they love to listen. You could say, do this, and they actually want to do. 
they are gaining their independence, but it's not so strong. Our biggest challenge, I want to say, is 15 and 17. Okay. Because it's where you really start looking out, like, okay, it might be, there is a little peer pressure. You want, your friends are doing this. You want to look how, you want to be hip. Is that how they say in America? Like hip and all these mm-hmm. different things. And then 18 is, it's a good age in the sense that you as the parent have to really be ready to step back and accept that, oh, my child is a young adult because then they start putting into play all the things that you taught them growing up. So anything that you are questioning, you have to be looking inward. That's how I decided to look at it. Because when my boys, when they get to 18, it's, you could really see them take a stand and like, no, mommy, I don't think that's right. I don't want to do this. I want to go. I am doing. So it's an adult talking. And then you have to be ready to start having conversation with another adult, not with, uh, I want to force you to do this. I would say, listen, I see you making these choices and I'm okay with it. If you are okay, however, this is what I think is the right way. And there are times he will step back. I mean, our youngest just went to college. They canceled their homecoming, which was a big deal. And he's like, oh, well, I want to go to homecoming at Howard University. It's in a whole different city from where he is. He's going with his friends. And we're like, sure, you can go. Though I didn't sleep the entire night, just looking at my phone, (laughs) waiting for him to call, what's going on, where he is. But I bet you that kid felt so good that he could make this decision. We could respect it. And the key is that my husband and I are always on the same page because kids, at least our kids, are a lot smarter than we are. Whether it's technology, whether it's this, kids are so advanced. Mm -hmm. And they would come to A, like, oh, mom said I could do. Yes. Even mom didn't say so my husband would be like, oh, okay, hold on. Let me talk to your mom. And it's like, oh, okay, that's fine. So parents being on the same page is always helpful. Definitely. I think that's one of the key things that you have to both agree on the way that you, or, or, or you know, right, either the boundaries or rules, all the things, like how do, how do things get, get done in the house? But I'm so happy. I mean, I mean, I'm so excited just always to hear you because you bring always such a wholesome point of view. And I admire the way that you carry yourself and the way that you raise your family. We've known you for some years and just to see the way that you do life, it's admirable. I actually, I'm going to lay after the show, I'm going to send you a text because I, I want to get all your advice. I, like I said, I'm barely starting. My daughter's 12 and there's been already some issues. And like you were saying, the kids are way smarter. There's a lot of access. There's technology, which is crazy now, which we didn't have growing up. And all of that is, and plus, you know, there's just so much darkness in this world too. So there truly is, and I would love to help whichever way there truly is. As you said, unfortunately, the internet has just made the world, this huge, massive world, so small in the hands of our kids. And they can, they can, they can move from city to city, generation to generation. A 12 year old can be hanging out 
with a 30-year-old easily. When we were growing up, because we couldn't do that online, that had to be something physical. It didn't happen mm-hmm. so easily. Yes. But I would love, please, yeah. text. I would love to help. Yes, yes, yes. I want to hear more about this book that you did. I know how hard it is. I see my sister work so hard. You guys are both touring with your book and going. Like, tell us how this book came to be. What does it have? Tell us all things about the book. Oh, my goodness. So this book, when I started thinking of this cookbook, Bountiful Cooking, was when Yummy Spoonfuls really started growing. Because I don't know if you ladies remember, I used to teach free workshops. I would offer these free classes. And when my brand started growing, people couldn't access me as easily with all their questions. I couldn't host workshops like I used to do. So then I'm like, I would love. And so even when I started thinking about this, it wasn't a cookbook. I said, I would love to just have a book with lots of tips for all these questions that people will call me with that somebody can just have in their hands, like, oh, wow, let me look what Agatha would say. Then another part of me is like, no, let me just do a cookbook for zero to five years so parents can raise kids really healthy and we don't have to suffer with all these chronic illnesses that we have today, that a lot of them, CDC, the World Health Organization is telling us, stems from childhood nutrient deficiencies. So I got an agent that initially didn't work, that I actually paid, and she couldn't get me a deal. I didn't even know that you didn't have to pay a book agent. They would make their money when you got a deal and all that jazz. I didn't know all of that. But every time I would share a recipe or share a tip, there was this lady out of New York, she would come in, she's like, oh, Agatha, you need a book deal. So then I inbox her one day. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have an agent. I actually paid her $3,000. She's like, what? Oh, my God. Yes. She's like, <gasps> would you like me to connect you to my agent? I'm like, sure. So she connected me to her agent, Allison. Within three months, I had five publishing houses wow. fighting. For my book, yes, beating. I love it, guys. Good yes, book. <laughs> that's how, I mean, God has been so purposeful. But this book, when I decided that I would do, so when you get the book, it's a hybrid. It has recipes, but it has lots of tips. Why you should consider the type of parts that you're using. Why you need to eat pasture-raised eggs or organic milk and all these things that, can make a difference in our overall health. And I feel so strongly about diet culture because it's proven over and over and over and over and over that it's not working. I wanted a cookbook, just I bet like you, Brisha, that celebrates food, real fresh food. It's not a diet book, so it has everything. It has vegetarian, it has meat, it has seafood. That's the book. I love that. This summer, I was part of a board, a local board that assigned funds to different organizations through the city that would empower healthy eating in underserved communities. 
And I realized how uneducated I was on what food justice means. I had to get educated. Like I had to like read up a lot when they invited me to be part of this board and like what did it mean? Because that one of the questions that was for the applicants was how does your project contribute to such uh, food justice? And I didn't realize how important also sad it is that underserved communities don't really have access to healthy foods. I was also part of a panel yesterday when I was telling them when I was growing up in Oaxaca, a lot of our food was vegetables. It wasn't because my mom was trying to be healthy. It was because there was no money. And back then, meat was a luxury. And nowadays, the crazy part is that vegetables are a luxury. And meat can be so cheap and vegetables are so expensive. And I was like, the change is so crazy what, what happened because we we grew up eating vegetables out of need and we would eat meat once in a blue moon because there was like, the, let's celebrate, let's put meat on the table. And now it's like people can't afford vegetables. And I didn't even know until I was part of this project this summer and it opened my mind. Because the government is, subsidi- is subsidizing. The meat, 30% of the farm bill money goes to the cattle and feed industry. Two to 4% goes to vegetable, fruits and vegetable farmers. See the difference? Wow. Yeah. Girl, I have gone all the way to Congress to advocate for the, on this thing, on the farm bill. It's, it's unfortunate, but we are going to keep working. We really are going to keep working on it. I definitely feel like this book, it contributes to food justice, right? How do you create a healthy living since we're little? Because I think a lot of our communities still have that mentality that like we need meat because meat is luxury. We need meat or we need this. We need to get uh, canned or we need to get this or we need to get that because that just means luxury. But the reality of things is like, we still need the vegetables. We still need things. Yeah. And, it's, and it's hard to access. I've been working with a few organizations here in LA that are working in food deserts to bring vegetables, like local farms and, all, and you know, doing all the work. And I think like this summer, I, was, I, I just learned a lot of what, what is happening locally. And I'm assuming like the whole country, the same thing is happening. That's right. And what I tell everybody, for anyone who gets this book, is let's continue to advocate. I want this book to be the thing that touch the next person. Because until the system changes, I used to live in a food desert. I used to have to catch two buses. I have walked 12 miles, six miles to go, six miles to come to get food because I had $10. I had a car. But if I use the $10 to put gas in my car, then I will not have money to go to the store. So I walked six miles and I walked past a McDonald's and I walked past a Walmart. I was walking to go to a Trader Joe's so I can get organic beans. We still, despite all the challenges, I think what's important, and that's why conversations like this are good, that we create awareness around the importance of real food. Because now we have community gardens. For somebody who is willing, you can leave your area and go walk a garden, someplace that you plant food and you harvest your food. Because in these food deserts, unfortunately, 
you would have dollar stores, you have gas stations. I mean, you've seen it, right? Especially now working with these organizations, you see how crazy it is. But until we have a nationwide solution, we still have to take responsibility in any way we can for our own health, for our own lives. Because if not, we, we become a part of the statistics like, oh, well, that person got sick and died because they live in a food desert. So it's just trying. And we would keep actively working to change policies that good food can be more accessible. But people say all the time, oh, healthy eating is expensive, that vegetables are expensive. Truth, but vegetables are truly not more expensive than meat. It's because the meat gets the subsidies. So it makes it so much cheaper than the vegetable. Yeah, It's so crazy. We have a system that's really messed up. But please, please, if you're listening, try, try, try. You don't have to eat meat every day. And like you guys, growing up, same thing with us. Meat, I don't even think it, it was because we didn't have the money. There was a little bit of money. But that was just the way we ate. They would butcher meat on Saturday. Twice a week, Wednesdays and Saturdays. And the rest of the week, you just eat vegetables. It was, we had rice and beans and just like a vegetable soup yes i mean different oh my goodness until i came to this country i didn't realize that you could kill one chicken one bed and eat it in a day because one chicken is something that the whole family can eat twice because cut it in cubes the meat was the accessory it was the little add-on it wasn't the meal this week, my mom made uh, this delicious bean soup that we ate growing up. And we literally had salsa, bean soup. She buttered some eggs and in the, in the bean soup, salsa and tortilla. And that was like so fulfilling. That sounds so delicious. So delicious. And I told my mom and I was like, the best eating is the simple eating. You just got to eat simple I know that there's all these ideas that they put in our mind about what a meal and, but like, it's just about nutrients for the body. We're supposed to treat also food as fuel, but also food is medicine. It's medicine, it's comfort, it's love, it's community. It is. We have a mole here that somebody had, yes, I haven't had it in a while until yesterday. A, a, a girl that I know, she came and she said, she's hot, she's Filipino and she was telling me, this reminds me so much of my mom and my mom would give us this kind of food when we were sick so we could have more energy. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Like the same thing. My mom, when she's like, oh, you're sick, let me make you a vegetable soup so that you can feel better. My, why do we think like we can only eat that to feel better when we're sick? Should we eat this all the time to just feel better in general? Agatha, well, thank you so much for being here with us today. I always love talking to you. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you can come by the restaurant or something. We can meet, we can hang out. But if not, I am going to have to sacrifice myself and come and see you in Atlanta. You know what I mean? Yes, I'm, I'm yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I would love to. You know, the one thing that just crossed my mind that I wanted to add, because in this country, the one thing that I think the big manufacturers, and I say this as a manufacturer, that they've really succeeded in doing is convincing a lot of people 
that certain foods are better because, oh, what you should have for breakfast, right? I tell people, even my kids, we don't do cereal. If you don't have money and at night you made your rice and beans, you can have rice and beans for breakfast. It doesn't have to be cereal. You can have rice and make a little bit of egg for breakfast. And the notion that our cultural foods, I come from Cameroon and Nigeria, the notion that our cultural food is not as healthy, it's so wrong because we have countries around the world that have centenarians who live on all the foods, all the cultural foods today that they tell us, whether it's rice, whether it's beans, whether it's corn, that is not good for us. It's not true. But I hope that whoever is listening, you take the time to figure out how to eat for yourself. Because the good thing about food, it has such an immediacy to it. When you eat food and that food likes you, you feel it immediately. When you eat food that doesn't agree with you, you don't have to hear how it works for somebody. Your body will tell you. You would feel gassy. You would feel bloated. You would feel sleepy. When food doesn't agree with you, you will know. You can even start keeping a food journal. So don't buy into, oh, I'm from Africa. Oh, I'm from this part of the world. My food is not good. That is not true. I can bet you. 99% of food outside of the standard American diet is better than the standard American diet when it comes to, to health and nutrition, when it comes Reach. to what we get to get to from the food. A hundred percent. Our breakfasts in Oaxaca are so completely different from the breakfasts here. We don't have the same. Yes. Whatever we have for dinner or whatever we can, we can actually have for breakfast all the time. It's not, it's very different. So you're right. Please tell our super mamas where they can get this book. How can they support you? How can they follow you? Where can they get more of your amazing wisdom and knowledge? Please, Agatha. Oh, and before I even go to that, please, the next time you're planning something major in Oaxaca, I want to come. I've seen the the houses you guys are building. I want to come and experience it because it's amazing how the world is. The way I see the cooking there, I grew up cooking on firesides, in clay pots, in big steel pots. I want to come. So that's that. Let's go. Yes. yes. And that would be so amazing. Yes. That would be so amazing. I would love How that. How are they going to take you up on that? Yes. I really would love that. I would come. And your amazing community can get bountiful cooking in Barnes and Noble all over the country. And if they go to my website, agataachindo.com, or they follow me on social media, and my handle, again, is the same. It's A-G-A-T-H-A-A-C-H-I-N-D-U. That's my handle on all social platforms. They can find a local bookstore in their area that also sells the book. And of course, they can go to Amazon. They can buy the book everywhere. But this, again, is not your average recipe book. I tell everybody, if you get the book, read the book before you cook because it has lots of notes. I have a seasonal food calendar with all the uh, nutritional profile, why you should eat this, where to get vitamin C, where to get vitamin D, where to get vitamin A. It's all here. Love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today, for gifting us your time and your energy and your light. 
I oh, it's always a pleasure to have you, and I can't wait to have you back. Please, guys, support Agatha. Go find her book, support her, and we'll see you next time. And you know, or maybe we'll see you in Oaxaca. Thank you, thank you so much, Paulina and Bricia. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Super Mamas, for just supporting the work that we do. Thank you. And we are back with our Super Mama pick or tip of the week. My pick this week is rewatch Friends. I don't know why. I was talking to Krista this morning and I was just telling her like, this really hit me. Like it's dumb, but it really hit me. I'm every time it's I talk dumb. about it, I kind of want to cry. I kind of want to cry every time I talk about it. It's just because also, all. right? Like also because he struggles so much. And when he was good and trying to help people, this happens to him. Uh, that really hurt. I didn't even know all of the things that he was going through. And I started reading all the interviews and how much he was in pain. We are in an industry, hospitality industry is, is, is an industry that has a high rate of addiction. And we, I've seen many lives get destroyed by this. So I am, it just hits me really bad that he was actually working so hard to be healthy and then this happens. And I love Friends. And I was watching something last night and I laughed the whole way. I was like, every time I see it, it never gets old. Like I love it. Yeah. Never gets old. So rewatch it. It's on Max. Chandler Bing. We love you. Aww. What about you? So I'm one of the one I was, I was saying earlier that I was reading my manifestations for 2023 and what I wanted to do. And one of the things I wanted to do was like read one book a month. Girl, your girl's gonna read <laughs> one book this entire year. I know, which is horrible. Which is horrible. I used to, and remember, I used to read so much. I think we had this conversation before. Yep. I used to read a lot, so I'm beginning to read again, which is awesome. And I'm reading in the evening in bed before we go to bed. Eddie reads his book, and I read my book, and it's a wonderful time that we have. But I am reading a book called Becoming Supernatural. It's really heavy, and it's a lot of stuff, but. It's really interesting and it speaks about emotions and intentions and just how really emotions are just moments in time that we like to go back to. And mm -hmm. sometimes we are addicted to certain emotions because we're so enrooted in them for all our lives and being able to just get out of those patterns. It's a good book. So I don't know if it's not big, I just, um, that's what I'm reading right now. And my goal for the rest of this year, one thing I want to do, I just want to finish one book. Like if I can just finish this book, I'm going to feel really good about myself. I also worked out this morning, which is, I'm, I'm also very proud good of me. And I really did not want you. to. Believe me, I did not want to. Well, thank you, sister, for your pick one day at a time. That's all I got to say. One day at a time. I know. This is our show for today, ladies. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, whoever's listening. Thank you so much for making it to the end of our show. And we will see you next week. Bye. Hey, sisters. Thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on superromas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore Supermamas and on Twitter, also at underscore Supermamas and in the face at Supermamas Podcast. Oh, one more thing. We want to hear your Supermama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters. Call into our hotline 
424-329-3707 and leave us a message or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com. Very soon, we could be featuring you on the show. Please remember to leave your name and Instagram handle for a chance to be featured. Much love and see you next week. Super Mamas!